about uh, two years ago, coming up about two years ago, we had the opportunity to purchase the building that you're sitting in today. It's been a game changer for Radiate Church. It's been an incredible opportunity and, uh, you know, I'd love to share the story, the full story. It's really a God thing. It's amazing. And uh, as we were doing that, we had to open up some office space here at the church. I had to figure it out. And I needed a, a little more private place than just like a kid's room that was going to go away on Sundays. And so I got a real private office here at the church. I don't know if you noticed this, but right behind that curtain right there, that's my office and uh, it's real. Pri- it's the holy of holies. You got to have a bell on your ankle to get through there. It's pretty great. And um, but it's uh, it's an amazing thing. Uh, as we were in there, and and I was switching to that place. I use it on Sunday mornings. I use it all during the week. But as we were getting there, you know, you can't have an office until you have your own touch to it, right? You got to have your own flair. I got Gamecock stuff in there and books, and it's not real big, but I have a little bit, right? And as I was doing that, I needed some. I needed some light. Because when the lights, when y'all aren't here, I don't know if you know this, but when you're not here, like, we don't run the lights like we do on Sundays, okay? Like, the, all this stuff ain't on. And when you walk in here and the lights are off, it is dark. It is dark. Anybody ever been here when the lights are off? It's dark. Man, it is dark, dark. I mean, like, dark, dark, dark. I don't know. Those are, not, those are not windows. Those are panels. So there's no light coming in. And if you've never been in a church that's dark, it's creepy, y'all. Can we just be real? Like, I, I understand. I understand. Listen, all you weirdos that go to these haunted houses for, for Halloween, all you got to do is walk through a dark church. I don't know why. No, 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 no. Stop. People ain't going to jump out. Well, I don't know if they will or not, to be honest. But, like, it, I don't know why. I know it's a church. I get it. Like, God is here. It's God's house. But when the lights are off and you're walking around, you got nowhere to go. You're just kind of like, what? I don't understand. God, help me. Your house is creepy at night. Like, you know, and so I needed light in my office, and so I went and bought some lamps and all that stuff. And it's a true story. One day, my wife walked in to my area back there. I was studying, and she looked at me. She goes, "Oh, babe," and I was like, "What?" Because I had a lamp on my desk because I needed to see so that I could read. And she goes, "Oh, babe," she says that to me all the time. "Oh, babe," and I was like, "What, babe?" She goes, "That's not going to work." I was like, "It it does work. Watch," and I turned it on. And this is a true story. And I turned it on and it shed light. And I was like, see, it works. And she goes, that's not going to work. I was like, why is that not going to work? It's working. I'm showing you that it's working. She goes, it doesn't fit the aesthetics of the room. It doesn't flow with anything else. And I'm like, it's a curtain. There's literally a curtain separating me and hundreds of people every week. Like, it's a curtain, babe. She's like, no, it just doesn't flow. I'm going to get you something nicer. And I'm like, yes, babe, get me something. Y'all, I don't care. If it shines light, that's all I need. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a guy. Our bachelor pads were cinder blocks with a piece of plywood over the top and some cushions on it. That was our couch. You know what I'm saying? That's, we can survive on that. Women get mad about it, but it's just what we are. You know, it's who we are. And so we're in this, and she goes and buys me this lamp. She buys me this lamp right here, and I love this lamp. This lamp blinds me every time I turn it on. Legitimately, I'll be sitting there, and the lamp sits like this if I'm sitting at my desk. And I'm, I'm, I am now officially blind in my left eye because of this lamp right here. And the reason is there's no, there's no lampshade over it, right? So if you ever see me doing like shadow puppets on the wall back here, I'm just having fun because it's the new lamp, right? Now, it would have been pretty ridiculous, right, for her to come and put this lamp and be like, oh, babe, this is, this is the one. This is the lamp. And it is a good lamp, and it works, and I use it every week and every day, and, I, and it blinds me, and it's great, and it's amazing, but it only works if I do one thing to it. 
What is it? Plug it in. Plug it in. Plug it in. Right? You're not the recorded service, so I have more fun with you. Um, <laughs> you know, you got to plug it in. You got to get it energized, as an electrician told me today. It's called energized whenever you do that. And you got to plug it in. You got to give the energy or the electricity from the socket to the bulb, and the bulb just and blows up and like gives you all the light that you need. It'd be pretty silly for me to sit this back here and be like, man, this is the perfect lamp. And then every time I try to turn it on, it doesn't turn on, and then I get mad at the lamp. When whose fault is it? Mine, right? Why? Because it's not turned on. Y'all sure are quiet today. And, and, and when it's not plugged in, yet, can I be real? There's way too many Christians walking around that live a life that have the potential to light up everything, but they're not plugged into the Holy Spirit. There's no electricity. There's no energizing. And then we want to know why we and others walk away from the faith. There's no life to it. There's no living water to it. There's no electricity to it. There's no power to it. It's just, hey, let's just repeat what the pastor said on Sunday. And here's the reality. God doesn't want that. See, he gave us something called the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And for most Christians and most people that believe are fine believing in God, God the Father, man, that is amazing. He loves me where I am and he embraces me and he helps me and, and he wants a relationship with me. God the Father is awesome. Hey, we're good with God, the, this, the Son, right? Jesus, he gave his life. We just did communion to remember it. God, the Son, it's amazing. We get to give, he gave his life so that we can have life and his body was broken and his blood was shed so that we can have eternal salvation with him. That is incredible. Thank you, Jesus. We're good with that. But don't talk to me about the Holy Spirit because in, here's what I'm learning is people are in one of about three camps when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll say four because some people are good with it. With him, with him, not yet, him. Some people are good with him. Some people, you grew up ultra charismatic where they literally ran across the backs of pews and around the church and spoke in tongues and did all this stuff and you're just kind of like, what in the world? Because if you see people running, you're like, I guess I should get out of here too. And they're like, no, God told me to. And you're like, the Bible literally has a verse that says don't run. That is a verse in the Bible, by the way. But like, there's something to all of that. So you drew, grow up super charismatic. I grew up in that. I grew up with people. It wasn't abnormal for me to see people speaking in tongues and praying over people. And I still believe in all that stuff. But there's a moment where it just becomes so much and you're just like, ah! And it just weirds you out. And then, or maybe you grow up in the camp where like, hey, the Holy Spirit is just there to tell you when you've done something wrong. Like it's that inner voice that goes, hey, you're being dumb. And then he pulls out an imaginary hammer and hits you over the head with it until you realize that you were being dumb. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The gifts and the fruit and all that stuff is just kind of for biblical times, but not today. And then the third party, or the fourth, I would say, are people that were right in the middle and they've seen both sides fighting about it for decades. And they go, if that is what the Holy Spirit is, I don't want that. I got enough drama. I got enough fighting. I don't need y'all fighting about this. And here's what I want you to know today is the Holy Spirit is real, living, and active in your life. And he doesn't have to freak you out. And he doesn't have to be absent. I believe most things, the truth is right in the middle. And there's something there for everybody. And the fruits are real and the gifts are real and all that. But the Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit is empowering. And it doesn't have to be that way. And when we get it out of the mix, that's when things get Weird, and we're going to talk about that over the next several weeks, but I just need you to know that today there's a part of the Trinity that is available for you to plug up into 
And there's a power and an electricity and an energizing that will allow you to shine in a way that you've never shined before. And it'll change everything. You know, sometimes you can plug something in just enough and it gets enough power to it to where it works, right? But if it's plugged up just enough, what happens whenever you bump it? It turns off, right? It comes unplugged or it's bumped. For a lot of you, let me make this real practical. When you feel good, you're shining bright. When your football team wins, you shine bright. When your marriage is good, you shine bright. When your finances are okay, you shine bright. When the pastor preaches what you want him to preach, you shine her bright. When, when they, you, y'all with me? But the moment I get bumped and things don't happen just like I thought, and think, like I get a trial and I get my, my, the pastor, ch- this happened and it gets bumped, I lose my light and I want to go, where's my faith, God? Where you at? What's wrong with you? And, and God's going, no, no, no. See, if you were really plugged up, then being bumped wouldn't bother you. You're secure in the source. And when you're secure in the source, you'll shine, shine bright no matter what. And, and it's not about being bumped. It's about when you unplug. And so what I want for you and what God wants for you is that we'd be in this place to where we're plugged in to the power of the Holy Spirit and to the life of God. And not just God the Father and not just God the Son, but God the Spirit as well. Because it'll change everything. I want to, tell you, I want to show you in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus is preparing his disciples to go out and make a massive difference. Let me back up real quick and complete the story before we pick up in Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. In Matthew chapter 20 and verses 19 through 20, Jesus is shown up after the resurrection and he shows up and he's talking to his disciples and he you know, tells them, he looks at them and he goes, listen, he said, I, I want you to go into all the world. This is my command to you, go into all the world and I want you to create disciples and I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to do all that I've commanded. And he says, and I will be with you even till the end of the age. So he looks at the disciples and he goes, I want you to what? Go. Everybody say go. He says, I want you to go. I want you to go into all the world and I want you to create disciples. And then in Acts chapter one, in four through five, we pick up after Jesus has resurrected, after Jesus has talked to his disciples. This is his next thing that he says. It's a little contradictory. He says this. He says, um, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. Somebody say wait. But to wait for what the father had promised, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Y'all, I'm a simple man. Anybody with me? I'm a simple man. I pick things up at their simplest form and I'll build it from there. I'll do what you ask me to do. I'm pretty easy going, right? I, 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 you know, I'm, I just pick up on simple instructions. And so if Jesus is looking at me and going, hey, I want you to go into all the world, I kind of mean that, mean, take that as to mean that like I need to go. Going means I don't stay. Right? So if I'm going to eat dinner tonight, I'm not going to stay in this spot on the stage. I'm going somewhere. Jesus said, go in all the world. And then he turns right around and he says what? I want you to go, but I want you to stay. That's not simple. Can we just acknowledge that's a little contradictory? Can we just acknowledge that I would have looked at Jesus and been like, whoa, hold up. You just told me to go. Now you're telling me to stay. Can you just tell me what you want me to do? That'd be great. Because I can't go and stay at the same time. He says stay. Why would he say stay? How many of you, I'm going to explain it to you. How many of you guys have a favorite place at home to rest? You have a favorite place to sit down and, and hang out, right? Just to chill, right? 
I've got this recliner. I bought it right before I had, a, I had my first rib removed uh, uh, several years ago uh, for a medical procedure and medical, medical thing. And uh, it was a long recovery. It was very painful. But the truth of the matter was I bought a recliner before that because I knew I'd be sitting around a lot. And so I bought a nice, plush, soft, amazing recliner. I love that recliner. That's still my recliner. It's still in my living room. It's way more worn out today than it was when I first bought it. But I love it. That's my place. That's where I go. And I'll sit back and I'll kick my feet up and I'll put my Coke Zero right there on the table, you know, in a little snack. I'll turn on the football game or a baseball game. I'll turn it on and I'll sit back. And the older I get, the more I realize I fall asleep in the middle of things that I used to love to watch. You know, <laughs> I'll start snoring halfway through it. If my kids, uh, if I walk into the room and my kids are sitting in my chair and I'm, they know I'm about to sit down and rest, you know what they're going to do? They're going to get up. I'm the dad. Get out of my chair, boy. You know what I'm saying? My little girl can do whatever she wants. But my boys, they're going to get up. <laughs> and like, that's my place. So about 4 or 4.30 today, if you want to find me, guess where I'm going to be? In my chair, feet kicked up, watching a football game, drinking a Coke Zero and enjoying life, probably half asleep, maybe even snoring. It's just what I'm going to be doing. It's my place. But when Jesus said, hey, I want you to go, but wait, you have to wait on the Holy Spirit. He's not saying, hey, I want you to wait and rest. I want you to wait in lazy. I want you to wait in inaction. Here's what that word really means. If you go and look at it, it is to wait in ambush. It means to wait in ambush. Here's what ambush is. Think of a lion or a tiger or something like that. When they're ready to pounce on prey, they're sitting behind a bush and they're waiting in ambush. You know what I'm saying? Their muscles are tight. They're in that position where they're just waiting on that moment to where they know it's time to jump. It's time to run. It's time to go capture what I got to capture. So they're sitting back and they're not waiting. They're not sitting back with their feet kicked up and their Coke Zero and the game on and eyes half closed. And they're not sitting back going, hey, God, if you could bless me with more finances, just don't ask me to get up and budget. Hey, God, if you could, like, help me learn more about you, just don't ask me to go to church every Sunday. Hey, God, if you could help my marriage, just don't ask me to pray with my spouse. Come on, somebody. They're not sitting back going, hey, God, I'd love to eat a meerkat today. I think I'll just sit right here and wait on him to fall in my lap. No, they go find him. They go find the antelope. They go find that meerkat. And they go and pounce. And they do what they got to do. Hear me. He's saying, wait an ambush. In other words, he's saying, I want you in a position that when you feel it from the inside out, there's something that tells you it's time to pounce. It's time to run. It's time to attack. It's time to go. Because they don't, you won't have time. They won't have time to kick the feet down, to put the top on the Coke Zero, turn the TV off, cut off a few lamps, and walk out the door. Whenever God says it's time to go, it's time to pounce. It's time to jump. And he was looking at the disciples. And he says this in verse 8 to make it all make sense. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Here's what he said. Go into all the world, but you have to wait in ambush, ready to jump when the Holy Spirit says to go. You wait for that moment, for when the Holy Spirit shows up, then and only then will you be a witness for me in all the earth. And he, and he goes, you've got to be ready at all Times you got to be ready to jump, you got to be ready to go, and we know, and maybe you don't. I'll give you a quick review. From this point forward, at the end of the book of Acts, chapter one, 
at the end of chapter one, he, he, they, they're praying. 120 people are praying in the upper room. It says they're praying with one accord, with one mind, praying the same thing, asking God for the same thing. It says the Holy Spirit shows up. This is the Bible. Holy Spirit shows up. It says tongues of fire come down. Don't try to understand all that if you haven't dug into it right now. We, you know, it's all a theology thing. You can go and study that. It's great. But tongues of fire come down. They begin to study or they begin to speak in other words, in other tongues. And it says over 3,000 people show up to the house that day. Over 3,000 people come to a church service that wasn't scheduled. And many of us can't get up and go to a church service when we're tired. And he says... He says over 3,000 people show up and 3,000 people after Peter under the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit begins to preach a message. 3,000 people gave their lives to the Lord that day. And over the next 100 years, those 3,000 people, what they did is they didn't just go, all right, I gave my life to the Lord. Now I'm going to go do what I want. No, it says that they began to meet in life groups. It says that they went to church and sat under the apostles' preaching or the, the, the teaching of their pastors in that time. They sat under the teaching, they went to life groups, and they served the community, and they served the church together. Sounds an awful lot like the church that we're building here at Radiate Church, right? And so many other churches. I'm not saying we're better than anybody else. But it sounds a lot like that, that, that model, doesn't it? And they began to give themselves to that, and over the next 20 years, they went from 120 to 3,000 to over 100 thousand people in 20 years so don't you dare tell me that god can't do more here don't you dare tell me that god's done here don't you dare tell me this is the last building this is the only building don't you dare tell me he can't fill up more services he can't fill up a bigger building don't you dare tell me there's not another community and there's no more campuses i know what god can do i know he's not done yet i know he's got more to do why because he's the same yesterday today and forever i know what god wants to do but we've got to, we, and, and they helped make this thing happen. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came in their life and he empowered them to make a difference. Okay, okay, Pastor, that's good. I, I see that there's an importance to the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. There's an importance, but, but why do I need him? Like, I want him so I can do more, but why do I need him? Here's two quick reasons you need him. One is you can't live a full life without the Holy Spirit, you can't do it, it's impossible. We can't live. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says it like this. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came, being Jesus, I came to give life and life to the fullest. A full life is not possible without the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 7 says it like this, but I'll tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go... I'll send him to you. Watch this. He's talking to his disciples, and he's telling the disciples what's about to take place. He goes, listen, I'm about, I'm about to be arrested, and I'm about to, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm about to be arrested, and I'm about to, uh, tortured, and I'm going I'm to be buried, but I'm going to rise again, and when I rise again, I'm going to go sit at the right hand of the Father, I'm going to intercede for you. And they're like, no, Jesus, I don't know what to do without you. You're fun, you're knowledgeable, you're our teacher, you're our leader. What are we going to do without you, Jesus? I don't understand. You can't go anywhere. How dare you leave us? And Jesus looks at him and he says this, it is better for you if I leave than if I go, than if I stay. Because if I stay, watch this, you will never be empowered to do anything on your own. But if I go, then I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. Watch this. Here's why. you got to understand all this. Because this Holy Spirit, when Jesus was here, was in two places. In the Holy of Holies, which was the inner court in the temple, and he was in Jesus. 
It's the only two places the Holy Spirit was. So if you wanted the Holy Spirit, you had to be the holiest of holy priests. And then you better have your stuff together to even get in there. Or you had to be Jesus. And Jesus said this, if I go, when I die, I'm going to shout this word, tetelestai. And when I say tetelestai, when it's all finished and it's over, an earthquake's going to happen. And when the earth, this has all happened, when the earthquake happens, the veil that separates everybody from the Holy of Holies, where the Holy Spirit resides, is going to be torn in half. And that is symbolic because now the only place that he used to live is not the only place that he currently lives. Now he's available to you and everybody else. Why? Because of the death of of Jesus. That's why he says it is to your advantage that I leave. Because he saw too much in you, literally you, to go, I need to be on the earth. He said, you know what? I don't really want to be tortured. I don't really want to die this way. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed this prayer. God, if this cup can pass through me or by me, please let it. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In others, God, I really don't want to have to go through this. It's going to be painful. It's going to be humiliating. It's going to be difficult. However, if this is what has to happen, not my will, God, but yours. Not my desires, God, but yours. In other words, he had to die so that you, literally, you sitting in the chair today, could be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do everything God created you to do and to live the life of fullness that Jesus talked about in John chapter 10 and verse 10. And you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. He did not die. Hear me. Jesus did not die so you wouldn't go to hell. Jesus died to empower you to fill heaven. Jesus died to empower you to make a difference. Jesus died to empower you to be a witness to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the remotest parts of the earth. Jesus died so that Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 through 20 could be fulfilled. Jesus didn't die so you wouldn't go to hell. He died so you can be empowered to fill heaven. That's why Jesus died. He died to give us the ability and the opportunity with the Holy Spirit. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 says this. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is where there is freedom. Hear me. Can we make this real practical for a minute? You good if I get up in your business? Maybe if I'm experiencing bondage in my marriage, I haven't invited the Spirit in. Maybe if I'm experiencing bondage in my finances, I'm not allowing the Spirit in. Maybe if I'm allowing bondage in my mind, I'm not asking the Spirit in. How do we do that then, Pastor? We pray for the awareness of the Spirit. And watch this. There are certain things you do to open the door for the Holy Spirit. You know what tithing and generosity does? It opens the door for the Holy Spirit to be in your finances. You know what praying with your spouse and doing the devotions uh, with your spouse do? Open the door for the Holy Spirit to come in. You know what praying for your spouse when they don't even know it is? Opening the door for the Holy Spirit to come in. Do you know what praying with your kids at night before they go to bed does? Opens the door for the whole. You see a theme here, right? Same thing for work. Same thing with your coworkers. Same thing for bosses. Same thing in every area of your life. The Holy Spirit wants to create freedom and liberty in your life because we can't live a full life without him. And number two, I need the Holy Spirit to do what I was created to do. 
to do what you were created to do. You won't do it without the Holy Spirit. We were all created. Here's what I know about you. No matter how old you are, how young you are, no matter what you did yesterday, this morning, what you said five minutes before you walked in this church, no matter any of that, I know that everybody in this room was created for a purpose. Everybody has purpose. Everybody has a purpose. They have value to give to the kingdom. They have value to give to others. They have value to give to God. They have value to all that. Now, whether we live in that is up to us, not him. But we all have value, and we cannot do what he's created us to do without the Holy Spirit. I walked in with this today. It's a beautiful kite. It's amazing. And everybody told me. They said, there's not enough wind, Pastor. You can't have enough wind. But how many of you know... You can create your own wind, right? If you hold it up high enough, right? Y'all are not cheering me on enough to make me feel like I'm doing anything good. You can create your own wind, right? This is beautiful right here. I can't even hold it right. And, uh, you, you know, I can make it fly. I can do it. And this is what we do. I got to keep my marriage together. I got to keep my money coming. I got to go to church to do this. I got to keep my wife happy, my kids happy, my pastor happy, my wife group leader happy. I got to do this. And we're running through life every day. And we're creating our own wind. We got my kids drive me nuts. Ah! Doing all, I got to get a promotion. I got to have this. And we're running through. And we're creating. Oh, that's good. And we're creating our wind. Right? We're doing all these things. And then by the end of the day, we sit down and we're like, oh, oh I'm out of breath. I'm like, for real, I'm out of breath. I'm out of breath. I got no energy left. Hey, babe, I know you need a godly husband today, but I gave it all to the people at work. I ain't got nothing left today. Hey, kids, I know, I know you need your dad today, but you're going to have to fend for yourselves because he was a doozy at work. Hey, God, I know you asked for tithe today, but man, Capital Wood came calling. Y'all get what I'm saying, right? And we work our butts off to create wind, to keep a life afloat that God never called us to. And we get to the end of the day, and we got nothing left. I'm exhausted, and I'm tired, and I got no breath, and my lungs burn, and my legs hurt. And I'm just so tired, and God's going, well, when you're ready to quit creating your own wind and put your life in the wind of the Spirit, let me know, because it'll be a whole lot easier. You know what pneuma means? Pneuma is another word for spirit in the Bible. Explosive wind, mighty rushing wind. <laughs> Man, it takes a lot out of us. to keep things afloat every day, doesn't it? It's really hard when we have to do it ourselves, isn't it? You take the same kite on a windy day at the beach, you put it up in the air, all you gotta do is hold on to the string. It flies itself, doesn't it? You just gotta keep it in place. You gotta keep it where it's supposed to be and where it's supposed to go and not knock anybody out. Watch this. Maybe... We've been trying to fly our own life too long. And God's going, just put it in the wind. You hold on and, take, and go where I take it. Quit trying to create your own wind. That is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because for too often, we try to be everything we want to be. And we'll bust our tails to make the wind happen. And God's going, I already am the wind. I am the wind. I am the mighty rushing wind. Why don't you lean on me? 
Why don't you follow me? Why don't you trust me? Why, why don't you go with me? Well, pastor, I don't even, like the, the spirit of God isn't tangible. The spirit of God isn't practical. No, it's very practical. And the spirit of God is actually very tangible if I'm aware of what he's speaking to me on the inside, if what he's doing in my life, what he's doing in my family. Watch this in, in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 4, it says this, you are from God, little children. I love that, you are from God. Can I say it like this? You are from God, Radiate Church. From God. And you've overcome them. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. When I give my life and hide my life in the love of God, in the blood of Jesus, and in the power of the Spirit, it's not about everything that's around me. It's not about the voices I hear. It's not about the pressures I feel. It's not about the confusion I go through. It is about the power of God that is within me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is the spirit of God within me than the spirit of anything in this world. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I'm here to tell you, I don't know what you're going through, but I know when I hide my life in the power of God, in the power of the spirit, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can do this. You can do this. But you can't do it without the Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk over the next few weeks about what that looks like and what that means. But today, for some of you, what that looks like is this. Well, pastor, I, I want that. I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to put my life in the wind of the Spirit. How do I do that? Number one, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. It never starts before that. A relationship with Jesus is the gate to walk into the power and relationship of God. We have to start with a relationship. And I'm not talking about like at seven years old, my parents made me get baptized and I think I gave my life to Jesus then. No, I'm talking about a living, breathing, active, and disciplined relationship with Je like I'm in love with Jesus not what he gives I love God not his stuff that's the that's what I, you got to start with that and for some of you you've done that and you've given your life to Jesus and you're like I try and I, I really have given my life to Jesus I really do trust him and it's living and it's active and it's breathing and all that and I would just tell you your prayer is to move from not being plugged up or barely being plugged up to fully invested. God, make me aware of what you have for my life. God, make me aware of your spirit in my life every day. Spirit, speak to me. Because can I tell you, it is the spirit that makes these words come alive. It is the spirit that breathes life into your marriage. It is the spirit that helps you become the father and the mother you need to be. It is the spirit that helps you work. It is the spirit that breathes life into you when you have nothing left to give. It's the spirit of God that does that. So spirit, make me more aware every day of who you are and what you want to do in me. I want to pray with you. And I just want to say it this way. I'm going to pray a bit of a salvation prayer. And if you pray that to yourself, and you pray that and you ask God's forgiveness in your life, and you ask for that relationship with Jesus, I'd love for you to go by our care corner and go, hey, I gave my life to Jesus today. Let us get to know you. 
I want to give you a couple of resources to help you walk that out because we don't ask you to do it alone. And then I'm just going to pray over someone, give us two next steps, and we're going to walk out the door and change the world and live with the Spirit. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us like you do. And right now, I just pray for forgiveness. Jesus, forgive who I've been. Forgive my past. Forgive my present. And forgive my future. Redeem me back to God. I want a relationship with you through the salvation and the sacrifice of your, blood, of your son Jesus through the blood and the body of Jesus. Thank you for making room for me in the family of God today. Thank you for meeting me where I am, but loving me too much to leave me there. I give you my life. And God, for anybody that prayed that prayer today, I just pray right now that they would go by and let us know so that we can walk this out because we do life together here. God, I thank you for your spirit. I pray that you would make us way more aware of your spirit. I pray that you would help us know when you're moving, when you're speaking, what you're doing in us. That we wouldn't try to create our own wind, but we would just put our life in the wind of the Spirit. And let's follow you. And God, help us dig deeper into who you are, to know you greater and shine brighter in all that you are, God, because you are about to make our life such an adventure. And God, things are about to blow up and go well and for the kingdom of God, simply because we are gonna plug into your Spirit. God, we love you and we honor you in your name. Amen. Church, can we celebrate some life change real quick before I tell you the next step? Amen. Hey, real quick.